Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. What is up, good people? Good people. Man, it has been a long time since we've been back. But we are back to give you another edition of the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. This is your boy Danny Thompson signing back in. Uh, it's been it's been a busy, busy couple weeks going on. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following, but it's been a lot going on in the WNBA. You know, a lot of things going on in basketball, period. But the just just the main storyline is is pretty much the WNBA, the play, the the teams, certain players have stepped up. But we got some big things going on here because now the playoffs are here. And, you know, even outside of my busy schedule, you know, writing for, you know, CBB Today now. Shout out, shout out to that website. If you want to go check out some good college basketball content, you should go over and head on that page. I got a couple, couple articles out right now for for the upcoming women's college basketball season. You want to go pay attention to that. It's also some good stuff on that website. Um, in terms of players, you know, recruiting-wise and certain storylines going on in college basketball. So you should go check that out. But in the meantime, between time, we got a bigger story going on, especially in the world of basketball, and that is, like I stated, the WNBA playoffs are officially here. And if you haven't seen the bracket, the the playoff format kind of goes like this. The first round is single elimination, followed by a single elimination in the second round, and then the semifinals – it's a best of five, and then the finals is another best of five. So if you look at the seeds, you got Seattle as the one seed, the top seed overall, followed by Atlanta, the Mystics of you know Washington Mystics, the Connecticut Sun. That's the top, those are the top four seeds, and then the the bottom four with the games that will take place tomorrow night. It'll be Minnesota traveling to L.A. and the Dallas Wings traveling to play take on the Mercury and Phoenix. So if you haven't heard, that's how the playoff format goes. That's how the seeds look. I'm going to do the best we can to try to give you a good, well, I'm going to try to give you the best chance, to get you a good preview of those of those first two games and just an overall look at how the playoffs will probably shape out with the way things have probably uh, been going on. But before we even get into that, you got to look at how, you know, how the playoffs really shape up because, one, it was getting down to the wire for the last couple of weeks, especially after the All-Star break. Um we were we were sitting there talking about whether or not Dallas was going to make the playoffs because they were on a serious eight game scare before picking up um, some key wins over the you know past week or so to secure that AFC because it was coming down to them and the Aces because the Aces were coming on strong but Dallas was able to hold off just for a little bit and and maintain that last spot and. You know, above those two teams, everybody else was pretty much locked into the playoffs at that point. It was just a matter of seeding, um, especially going into yesterday, Sunday. You know, a lot of teams were still vying for better playoff positions. Um, the Mystics and the Dream were fighting for the two seed. You know, it was a big battle between who was going to be the sixth or the, I mean, the the fifth or sixth seed. It was it was crazy crazy getting them to the next couple of weeks, but it's good to see that we're we got everything set. So tomorrow the playoffs will begin. Um, but even be, even with all that's going on, um, this is just my take on playoff basketball in general. Um, everybody goes into the playoffs starting a brand new slate. Everybody is zero zero at this point. The thing about it is this, you know, ultimately who is going to remain hot. 
going into playoffs. Who who's the hottest team coming into the playoffs? Because most most of the time we all think, okay, the favorites are going to go on to win the championship. And that's usually what go and that's usually the take that we have when we when getting into the playoffs, no matter if it's, you know, the WNBA, NBA, Big Three, college basketball, high school basketball. Um the main thing that you want to pay attention is back there, who are the hot teams going into the these playoffs right now? And when you think about it, you look at you look at Washington, you look at Atlanta, you definitely look at Seattle. Seattle was the top overall seed almost the almost majority of the season, and everybody else was just vying for other positions underneath them. So you might think, oh, Seattle could, you know, run away with it. But here's the thing. Atlanta's defense has been tremendously superb um, over the, you know over the past literally not even the past couple not even just the past couple weeks just almost this entire season um, they lead they're not even lead they're third in the WNBA in points allowed per game but at the same time even though that is the case teams are shooting 42 percent from the field against Atlanta, against the Atlanta dream right now. And, and we're all sitting here wondering, you know, what's going to happen, what was going to happen when, you know, Angel McCutcheon went down with an injury. I mean, that, I mean, we all knew, you know, that's a big blow to that rotation, but you got to look at it this way. Atlanta still found a way to come up and still produce, um, as a see, as the season progressed on after Angel McCutcheon went down, because you already got to know, they already had Tiffany Hayes in the lineup. She was, to me, she should have been an all-star, but she got the snub this season. It's it's okay, um, but they're still going to go on and try to do something in the playoffs because you still, like I said, you got Hayes, Renee Montgomery, uh, potential sixth woman of the year, Brittany Sykes. You know, they just have a lot of weapons on this team that still allow them to to hold on to that two seed and possibly go on to win the WNBA Finals. And then again, you also got to look at the Mystics. The Mystics, now yes, that's the hometown team, but even with all that, just by the way they were playing, you know, throughout the season, yes, they had a real up and down July before the All-Star break, but once the All-Star break was over, they kicked it into high gear. You know, they kicked it into the point where they were able to lock in the three seed. Um, you have potential MVP candidate, Elena Deladon leading the charge. She was on a roll this season. Not only that, you got Christy Tolliver. She's been playing lights out. Ariel Atkins is coming back into the lineup now. So she's going to be a very, very important asset to that team going into the playoffs. And then you also look at the play of Latoya Sanders, Natasha Cloud, who... I was at the game Friday when they played against the Sparks. That that was a grinded out game, and they they pulled it out with a you know near difficult off balance fadeaway shot by Cloud to 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 end the game and to close out you know the Mystics playing in Capital One Arena for the time being before they moved to the new arena. Um, it's just it's fun. It's amazing to see them play the way they're playing and they're looking to be another favorite going into the playoffs this season. I mean, especially going into the playoffs now. And then of course, I mean, Seattle, what, what can't, what else can we not say about Seattle potential MVP and the leader in the clubhouse for MVP, Brianna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd, Natasha Howard, Sue Bird, Alicia Clark, 
everyone in the rotation is producing for this team, and I don't see why they can't come away with the championship. They've been the hottest team throughout the entire season. The consistency has been there. The defense has been there. The offense has definitely been there. So it doesn't surprise me that they, you know, were able to end with the top seed um, for the playoffs this year. Um, if you look at their, you know, total stats, they were second in the league in points per game with at averaging 87.2. And even with all that, they were also one of the uh, top defensive teams in the league. They were allowing 79.7 points, which is which is uh, good enough for fourth in the WNBA this season. But you also got to look at it this way. They have a total net rating of 10.2. Their offensive rating was 107.9, led the WNBA. Their defensive rating was 97.7, which is second in the WNBA. So all in all, they were just, they were just, just doing things that they needed to get done to get the win and they were performing well. So I don't, so they're to me, they're the leader in the clubhouse. They're looking to be the favorite to win the WNBA finals this year. But even with all that, you still got to look at the other teams within uh, this, this bracket this year. Um, yes, we already mentioned the Connecticut. Yes, we already mentioned Washington. We already mentioned um, Atlanta, but Connecticut could be another team to be on the lookout for as the playoffs rolls around. I mean, they averaged, they were leading the WNBA in scoring 87.6 points per game. And, and also they were, they were among the top, the top six. They were the six, six ranked defensive team in the WNBA as, in terms of points per game. It's just the fact that even with that, they were also teams aren't shooting that well against them. They're shooting uh 40, 44.3% on the season. But even with all the analytical stats, they're second in the WNBA in net rating at 7.1. You know, they had an offensive net rating. They had an offensive rating of 107.7, which is second behind Seattle, and a defensive rating of 100.5, which I believe was fifth best in the WNBA. So they have the tools. They have the will. They have the the rotation to get it done. Courtney Williams, um, Chanead Gumake, Jasmine Thomas, Alyssa Thomas, John Quill Jones, they're all ready to go to get to try to see if they can get a championship back and to get a championship in Connecticut. And I think this is the team that could possibly do it. Um, you also look at the lower seeds. Dallas, although they went through a struggle this these last couple of weeks after the All-Star break, you you let they relieved Fred Williams of his duties as head coach, going through some injury woes. Um, defense was was not always there. Up and down played the entire way after the All-Star break, going on an eight-game losing streak, which dropped them to where they are in the standings and where they are in the playoffs is the eight seed. But don't don't overlook this team. Dallas still has the talent. They still have the wherewithal to possibly make a run here in the playoffs. And, you know, with the play of Liz Cambage, who literally led the WNBA this season in scoring, um, but it's not it's not just Liz Cambage um, when you look at this rotation. You look at the play of Skylar Diggins-Smith, Kayla Thornton, um, Glory Johnson, Alicia Gray, Azra Stevens. They have the rotation to get it done. It's just a matter of can they be consistent with it. And I think they can. It's just 
can they bring that into the playoffs? Um, we'll we'll definitely keep a lookout to see what happens with that. Um, then then you got to look at the the two teams who've been representing the the WNBA in the finals the past two seasons, the Sparks and the Lynx. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit, going into the season, I thought this was a lock for the Sparks and the Lynx to go back to the WNBA finals this year. They they put on great shows for the in the uh, WNBA finals the past two seasons. So it was it was pretty much everybody was looking to see like, oh, this is going to be another Sparks Lynx finals. But just the way the season has been playing this has been played out this season, um, it was it was no guarantee that they were going to go into the WNBA finals as a repeat. So when you look at it this way, when you look at the way the teams are playing. Um, they're going to be a huge problem depending on how far they get, especially getting after the first round. They play each other tomorrow night at 1030 on uh, ESPN2. All the games will be on ESPN2 for what it looks like because um, the Wings will play the Murky tomorrow tomorrow night at 830. And, yep, everything, every game is going to be on ESPN2 with the exception of game three of the semifinals um, on both sides. So... It's going to be interesting to see where we're looking at all that. And then, you know, we were talking about, we talked about mentioning the other teams. Look at the Mercury. The Mercury with the big three of Tarasi, Griner, and Bonner leading that charge, leading this team um, to where they are in the playoffs. It's going to be a show watching, for one, watching Brittany Griner go up against uh, Liz Cambage again. And on top of that, you know, who's going to stop one? Who's going to try and contain Diana Taurasi for Dallas? Who's going to try and contain Dewana Bonner for the Phoenix for the Phoenix Mercury? Uh, Bonner, who's been the the big-time catalyst for this team, she's averaging 17 points, uh, seven rebounds, and three assists. You know, she's been having a lights-out season um, for her first season back after giving birth. Um, named to the All-Star team for the second time. And just just looking at that, that was just those stats. If you look at her advanced stats, I mean, she has she's one of the top people when term in terms of win shares. She's just four point seven. She rebounds the ball twenty percent. She gets uh, defense rebounds at least twenty percent of the time. Uh, total reach. She she's she's a total package for Phoenix. And I don't see her not being this catalyst for the Phoenix Mercury to push them further into the playoffs this season to possibly become another team to win the WNBA finals this year. So the playoffs are looking to shape out to be, be a great show for this, for this season, especially with the way this season has been going on um, the play of certain individual players, certain teams. I can't wait for these playoffs to get started. And even with the playoffs getting ready to get started tomorrow, as you all know, the end of the season is now here. So this also means we are also talking about some potential award winners for the WNBA in terms of MVP, uh, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, sixth woman of the year, most improved player, um, and of course, rookie of the year. So here, so, you know, with everything, that, with all of the, all the way the players have been playing this season, um, these are these are some of the people who I think will possibly win said awards. Um, starting out with Coach of the Year, I think this will go to Nikki Collin. 
just because of what she's done in Atlanta this season. I mean, push them to the two seed. As I mentioned, some of the stats before, they're one of the top defensive and offensive teams in the league. You know, coaching them through so many different things and, you know, trying to learn a new system and and everything that goes along when you become a head coach, especially to a more veteran um, veteran rotation. You look at what she did and you look how she was able to lead this team along with some of the players they already had. You know, Tiffany Hayes, as already mentioned before, along with Angel McCautry and Brittany Sykes. A lot of these players were able to buy into the system, and now they're look at them. They're the they're the two seed in the WNBA. This is they're they're one of the the big stories for this WNBA season. And if she keeps coaching the way they've been coaching, the way this team has been playing and responding to her, she will be possibly holding up the the championship trophy at the end of the season. So this this that to me is the is the coach of the year. Um, I also looked at possibly uh, Bill Lane Bibb with his first year in Las Vegas, um, Dan Hughes up in Seattle, Mike Tebow in Washington. Um, but just just for the way she was coaching them up this season, it it's it would to me it would be a shock if Nikki Collins did not win Coach of the Year. Um, that's just my that's just my opinion. And then when you look on the other side. Um, sixth woman of the year. I think they have the potential sixth woman of the year in Brittany Sykes. Brittany Sykes for the Atlanta Dream has been phenomenal coming off the bench for for Atlanta this season. Um, you look at some of her stats, you know, for the season, um, she was up there. She was averaging... 9.7 points, two rebounds, I mean, three rebounds, and two assists a game, all while doing this while shooting about, you know, low 40% from the floor. But for someone, you know, come off the bench to be the first one off the bench and spark that rotation, you know, Brittany Sykes was was on it this season. Um, I mean, you really can't go wrong with who you feel like six women, six women of the year would be between Brittany Sykes uh, Diamond Robinson up in Minnesota. Uh, who else? There's 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 been a number. Essence Carson's Essence Carson for the Sparks. Uh, the way the way this is you know this is shaping up to be that's that's gonna be one of the more tightly close awards that comes down to it. Um, you know just about a way, but I think Brittany Sykes will pull pull it out. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be you know shocked by either one of the. Uh, by the winners of the Six Women of the Year Award. It's just the fact that I just, just my opinion alone, I think Brittany Sykes will get it. Um, defensive Player of the Year, hands down, it's Sylvia Fowles. Not just scoring the basketball, but also rebounding the basketball. Uh, for for the Minnesota Lynx this season, um, if you look if you look at what she was able to pull off this season, yes, she led the league in rebounds at 11.9. She broke John Quill Jones' record of most rebounds in the season. Um, she also had about 1.2 blocks per game and 1.4 steals per game. But that's just per game. If you look at the advanced stats, 
Um, she had a defensive win share this season of 2.9. She rebounded. She rebounded the ball uh, 22.4% of the time when she was on the floor. And even on the defensive side, she rebounded the ball 31.3% of the time when she was on the floor. Uh, I mean, what what can't you say about her? Defensive rating was 96. So, I mean, if she was on the floor, you know, teams were scoring 96 points per uh, per 100 possessions, you know, with her on the floor. That's that's crazy good for what she was pulling off this season. Um you know, I just it's, just, it's just no way I can see her not winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, same with Rookie of the Year. I'm just, just going to count it down. One, two, three. Asia Wilson is the WNBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, there was really no other uh, choice looking into the way this season unfolded. Um Asia Wilson has pretty much set herself up to be one of the most, you know, storied players coming into the WNBA. And this is, like I said, this is only her first year. She averaged 20.7 points, eight rebounds, uh, 1.7 blocks per game. She won rookie of the month again this, this, this season. I mean, what, what else can't, what else didn't she do this season for Las Vegas? In in terms of everything else, she was she was the leader. She was you know she almost got them to the playoffs along with the help of Caitlin McBride and the way Bill Lambeer was coaching them up. It's it would be a shock if Asia Wilson didn't work rookie of the year. So I'm not even going to spend that much time on that prediction in terms of rookie of the year. Um, MVP most improved. I'm going to start with most improved first. Uh, I got. As a hometown guy, I've, I'm looking at the Mystics. I've, I have strong, strong hopes of possibly thinking Latoya Sanders or Natasha Cloud getting most improved. But I think this most improved will go to Natasha Howard. Natasha Howard this season was, was you know, head above heels, big time improved from her se- from a season ago. Um, she pretty much was the – if you ask me the third best player for the Seattle Storm this season, she this year she averaged 13.2 points, 6.4 rebounds, uh, had two averaged two blocks a game, 1.3 steals per game. And if you look at what she did a season ago, you know, she only averaged, you know, 4.3 points, 2.4 rebounds, albeit she was on the Minnesota Lynx championship team. This season was head above heels her best season since her since her rookie year in Indiana in 2014 um again this is one of those awards where I don't I would not have a problem with whoever was up for this award in terms of finalists uh like I said Natasha Cloud uh Latoya Sanders you know so many different players is up for this award but I think this will this will go to Natasha Howard and then, of course, MVP. This is a tough one for me because of the way uh, Elena Deladon and Brittany, Brianna, Brianna, Brianna Stewart was able to come out and play this season. Both players are, in my opinion, well-deserved 
of MVP. I mean, there were so many different players who we were looking at possibly getting an MVP this season. Um, we were thinking Liz, Liz Cambage, Candace Parker, um, Maya Moore, Sylvia Fowles could possibly, was possibly up for a repeat. But it comes down to these final two, in my opinion, in terms of MVP. And when you look at it, I think Brianna Stewart will come away with the MVP. She had a great season this year. She averaged 21.8 points, 8.4 rebounds, 2.5 assists, uh, 1.4 steals, 1.4 blocks per game. But that's just her per-game stats. If you look at the other stats, you know, per 36 minutes, she was averaging 24 points and nine 9.5 rebounds a game. But even with her advanced stats, she had an offensive rating this year of 122 and a defensive rating of 97. She had a total win shares of 7.7. That is amazing this season. Um, she was, and even even with that win shares, that 7.7 win shares, that led the league. Um the next the next three was was again like I said possible MVP candidates uh Sylvia Fowles, Liz Cambage, and Elena Deladon. Um but Brianna Stewart this year was head above heels the best player in the league. Um again, you can't go wrong with either Stewart or Deladon, but I think in in this sense, I think Brianna Stewart will come away with it. Um and just to go off any other predictions I might have for the rest of the playoffs, I think It'll be, I'm going with the hometown team again. I think Washington will wind up playing Seattle in the WNBA Finals. And I think in a best of five, I think Seattle will get it in five. Um, This regular season has been head above heels, the most competitive season I've seen in a long time. Um, it It was great to watch this season. I was... I was following every step of the way. If I couldn't catch a game, I was I was following online. Um, WNBA.com, whatever scores popped up on ESPN. Um, it was it was great. And to see this culminate down to with the playoffs, the playoffs should be a should be, if anything, a microcosm to what the regular season has been this year. So we can't wait. If you haven't heard, tomorrow game, the first two games are up. It is Dallas traveling to Phoenix and Minnesota traveling to L.A. Um, game time for Dallas and Phoenix is at 8.30. Game time for L.A. and and Minnesota is 10.30. Both of those are Eastern Standard Times. Um, this season is going to be is going to be wild. And if anything, the playoffs will be just as wild and just as chaotic. So if you just stay tuned, can't wait for the playoffs to get started tomorrow. Um, that'll do it for this for this playoff preview and regular season review of the WNBA. Um, Timothy will be back. Um, just we again, like I said, we've had a busy schedule, um, so he will be back. Just be on the lookout for things. We got more to come. Um, Going to do some reviews of how the playoffs has been going on. Just just stay on the lookout. We got a lot of things coming, you guys. So in the meantime, between time, this is Danny Thompson. I'm signing out for you guys, and I'll catch y'all next time. <laughs>